Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Hannah. Hi, hello. I'm Hannah, and I play Max the Paradox. Kyle. Hi, I'm Kyle, and I play Duncan Oliver et al. The Vox. <laughs> Mostly. <laughs> and Tio. Claire Claremont is the name of my character. That is the forgotten vessel that I play, and my name is Tio. Great. Excellent. Very Yoda-esque. I know. I was trying to do that without actually ripping right from the source material. Just mm-hmm. ripping straight Yodes. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I do in my spare time when I'm not doing my math homework. Ripping Yodes. Great. Excellent. <laughs> this is great. Everyone do your math homework. Okay, I'm done. Keep your grades up. Stay in school, No, just kids. math. Yeah. Just cool. math. Stay in school, but not somewhere elementary. Don't do drugs. No. Get out of there as soon as you can. <laughs> we open at WSOM Radio Somewhere, following a rather peculiar sequence of events. Charged by Mina with unraveling the mysteries of the Duncanverse, you followed the breadcrumbs back to their logical source at the station. Upon your arrival, you discovered that the WSOM cornerstone was emitting visible radio waves along with a bone-vibrating reverb. Max touched the stone and was transported to a cosmic radio dial seemingly connected to all variant timelines, above which was penned a cheeky note from Savannah saying that she had left the dial open for funsies. Feeling left out, Duncan also touched the stone and was similarly transported. His dial, however, was accompanied by a familiar chorus of whispers in a long-forgotten language, which slowly resolved themselves into a panoply of radio broadcasts across the different cycles. Unfortunately, there was another voice in the void which seized on Duncan's presence to hitch a ride back to your timeline. Appearing with Duncan was the cyberpunk iteration of the Traveler that had been stalking Max since she acquired the time reserve. Oops. As the two of you land, and before anyone can react, she is on her feet and moving. You can't tell if it's a temporal effect or not, but she moves like lightning out of a bottle. In four bounds, she crosses the room, levels her shoulder, and slams directly into Elodie. But instead of bowling Elodie over, both of their bodies begin to flicker and fracture as they push together, until there's a loud pop, and suddenly the traveler is standing alone, exactly where Elodie had been. She looks at you, Max, and says, Hi, me. Hi, hi, also me. Where did Elodie Oh, my go? head. Hey, Duncan, how are you? Did you have a good time touching time be- being one with time? It's kind of, it's pretty cool, did right? We, yeah, it's a, did it's we a win? Thing. No, we didn't win. You know how you were, I know you were thinking it. You were like, wouldn't this be so much fun if there were more Maxes? There's so many Duncans, but there's only one Max, and we really should have more Maxes. Well, congratulations, you got your wish. I thought we had two Maxes. One just had a different name. Duncan, meet Max. Max. Duncan. Hello. You can call me Maxity. Oh. How do we spell that? I wouldn't worry too much about it. I D. So, uh, where where did Elodie go, and why are you here? Are you familiar with Quantum Leap? <gasps> okay, Max is not familiar with Quantum Leap, but Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> is familiar with the celebrated television show starring Scott Bakula. He's a time traveler. Those of you who don't want to be bummed out, don't look up how it ends. It's very sad. But yes, I am familiar with Quantum Leap. Max is not. Allow me to summarize. I Quantum Leaped into the Echo's position in this cycle. The who? I stole Elodie's spot. This is you, Max. Yes, this is apparently me. This all clocks From... Possibly the same timeline as Deacon. <laughs> no. 
I'm from the next cycle. Okay, you're the next cycle. Serious and then like a fun question because like I want to keep things moving. So the serious question is, you said the echo. Is Elodie the echo in all of the timelines? And then the fun question is, what is Duncan like in your timeline? In order, yes, and exceedingly boring. Hi. I guess there's like an infinite number of timelines, so it only makes sense that one of them would have a boring mm, Not infinite, just a very high number. <gasps> you did not. Oh, wait, sorry. I thought she was implying that there were a high number of boring Duncans. <laughs> oh. <laughs> also that. No. Wait a minute. I was going to say, that would have been what Claire would say. <laughs> Duncan has many interests. I'm very talented on the squash court, I'll have you know. And the, the squash court in somewhere is like... That's where we sit down and we carve gourds. Oh, okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. And then pass judgment. Yes. Okay. The squash court. So... <laughs> I do like this. Pass judgment. So if it's the echo, I have been operating under the assumption that Elodie is me and I am Elodie and we are one and et cetera, et cetera. But this makes it sound like she is... I mean, I already knew this because, like, I'm the one true Max. Mm, got bad news for you, champ. I'm the one true Maxity. You said Maxity. I, that's. Yeah. But Max, me, I am the one true Max. God, this is a headache. I'm the one true traveler. Sure. We're going to put a pin in that and come back to it. <laughs> Does that mean Elodie in every single cycle is but a pale imitation of me? And why do I call myself Elodie when I am Elodie, but Max when I am Max? Are there other me's running around out there with, like, different names that aren't Max or Elodie? Is there, like, a yes. version of me that's, like, a Roberto? Possible. I haven't checked every cycle. How many have you checked? Well, I've did a little bit of an audit on quite a few, and I've culled about two dozen now. So are you what? Culled. Culled. Mm-hmm, yeah. You called me? Oh, the whole timeline. Yeah, let me explain. Why? See now, hold on a minute. <laughs> Max is making a face, which all of you will be familiar with as people who see me regularly. But, <laughs> but the listeners will not because they've never seen me. Confused. Con confusion, like slightly angry confusion, is I think how we could best describe the expression that Max is wearing on her face. Claire has a very different look on her face. Given her specific background, she has a little bit of a soft spot for people who have done similar things, but you haven't heard why yet. So she's open-minded. Great. Thanks for explaining all of that. So Max, you're doing pretty good here, you and your friends. Better than most of the other ones that I've audited by a long shot. But spoiler alert, you don't actually get it done. You turn the clock back just like everyone else. Et voilà, c'est moi. But see, we learn a lot from this cycle. So all those little hints and nudges that Elodie was talking about, they're way more effective next time. See, I reach the time reserve way sooner. And then I decide to take a little stroll through some of the other timelines, do a little bit of field research, some auditing. And let me tell you, it's not pretty. So when I get back, I kill Claire before she ever gets her sea legs. Ah, oh, rude! Then I convince City Hall to burn down the Eternal Forest. It only takes a few years, hardly an eternity. Bit of a misnomer, if you ask me. That pretty much makes Walker a non-factor. Now, as best as I can tell, without his little sleeper agents, Rudy is pretty much kaput. But here's the thing. I'm still unstuck from time. I'm still stuck in this god-awful town. 
and I realized it's because there are so many versions of me out there tangled up in this time mess. There are so many anomalous timelines out there, so many loose ends. Even if Rudy isn't a threat in my cycle, he's still got you and all of the other ones tangled up. So I'm cutting everybody loose so that I can get out of here. That's quite a euphemism. Duncan eyes the giant buster sword. <laughs> so you think you're better than me just because you've done this more than once and you remember it. Is that right? I think I'm better than you because I've won. Won what? You're still here. Yeah, once I get rid of all of the timelines, then I'll be free. That's what I'm doing. I'm calling out all of the weak little timelines so that we can finally get free. In theory. You don't actually know that that would work. Oh, no, I'm, I'm pretty confident. I mean, Claire, this is exactly what happens when I get a really good idea as I become very convinced of its correctness. You have seen, you've observed this. Yes. So your solution then is murder. Well, that part doesn't bother me as much. It's more of a movement towards non-existence. The whole timeline just ceases to be. It's painless. It's fine. You'll wake up in uh, however long it takes me to do this. I don't know, a couple hours. And, uh, well, you won't wake up, but you won't remember anything. Do what? Oh, I'm going to take the time reserve and the bus, and I'm going to call this timeline. Nope, nope, no, you're not. And I take my sword, and I slam it right down, <laughs> the point down into the floor. No. Her cloud buster sword is drawn and ready. I hold up one finger. Oh, wait, 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 hold wait, on. wait. Hold on. It takes five seconds to kill each other. We have time for a little conversation. One point of order from someone who has made many inventions that should have worked perfectly in theory. <laughs> the fact that there is the in theory asterisk at the end of everything you're saying presents me with one question for you. What if you're wrong and then you have no one left to help you because you've killed us all? I mean, it's unlikely. I can feel myself becoming more free with every timeline I dispose of, so I'm, I'm pretty confident. What does that even mean? Max could explain it to you. It's kind of like a, a sixth or seventh sense. Can you go hit up some other timelines and come back to us? I'm already here. Why would I leave? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this one. I'm going to do this one. And she starts walking towards the door. Nope, no, 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 nope. Maxity, 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 Maxity. We've known each other a long time now, right? <laughs> time has no meaning to me in a concept that you would understand. I don't suppose you'll let me social butterfly, Maxity. <laughs> <laughs> the social butterfly is that you know Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do know them very well. You need the time reserve, huh? I don't need it. I'm going to take it, and then this timeline will wither and die. Well, I mean... You do need it, then. I mean, it's my objective. Sure. Where do you think it is? Oh, I can feel it. Yeah. Oh, that's annoying. It's like a big beacon. With your, like, time antennae or something, or? Yes. Quinn, are we going to have to fight her? Because if we're going to have to fight her, like, we should just fight her. Well, I don't think he's going to tell us. <laughs> that's up to us. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> that's generally not how it <laughs> Quinn, yeah. do we have to figure this one out or do we have Can to kill them? Is this, a, is this a talky one or a fighty one? <laughs> it's not quite like Scott Pilgrim where you get a, like a banner head title card. I mean, it's about as close as I'll get in a tabletop role playing game. Yeah. Well, okay, hold on. Secondary question, since you're here. I mean, she's walking towards the door, but she's got her like head tilted back looking at you. She's yeah. like looking at you over her shoulder as she tries to leave. I mean, I'm in the way. 
Yeah, I think Max is... Oh, she's also got her sword raised, like, ready to attack Max. But she's looking over her shoulder as she's doing this to you, Claire. Last question. If you know how to defeat things, why don't you just help us and every other timeline do the same? Well, it's too late for most of the timelines. Is it too late for this one? Also, there's no guarantee that I can help every timeline, but I can end every timeline. That's pretty easy. She's doing, like, a war crime. You're so dramatic. She's doing a war crime. We're just smoothing out the variances. Calm nope. down, me. Nope, you. No. Also, you this is the only way that we're going to be unstuck from this godforsaken place. I don't think that's true. We're still in WSOM, yeah. Yes. I wish I had established, like, cool walls that could close in on the doors. Sebastian was here. Can Sebastian help us? Yeah. He's in the booth. Sebastian is a radio personality. Yeah, he's, he's not, not a fighter. <laughs> We're uh, you and me both, brother. <laughs> Have you met us? <laughs> you two can fight. I not yeah. really. What are you talking about? I have rending nails. You have rending nails and you yes. can negate any damage done to you by just marking essence. Yeah, that would work a whole lot better if I didn't have one box left. So I'm engaging her in conversation, A, because I genuinely believe that she has not thought this through. It's like war crimes for vibes, basically. But also because I would like to have this serve as a distraction using my unfathomable. Because she said she was looking at me. Yeah, it's cursory. (laughs) Give me a roll to hoodwink. Maybe Max will get a plus one. Okay, I'll take it. Whatever. A little bit. That's a nine. On a seven to nine, your play works, but the GM will introduce a complication or consequence. All right, you know what? And she turns about face, takes two steps, and bounds right up to you, Claire, and says, maybe I can help this timeline a little bit. And she draws her sword and prepares to attack you. Great. (laughs) Max, are you taking advantage of this? Yes, I am attacking (laughs) her from behind. Yeah, okay. Give me a roll to fight for your life. Fuck yeah, I would love nothing more. And take a plus one, because Claire has distracted Max. That's an 11. Okay. I'm going to activate one of Maxity's moves, which is Redux. This is an exact copy of the Paradox Playbook move, except it works on other people. So go ahead and roll those dice again. For reference, the Paradox Playbook move Redux, after rolling, you can mark one anomaly, declare the first result was a temporal aberration, and roll again. It's a 10. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, slightly less cool. Slightly less cool. The two of you trade harm as established. You have the jump on her, but she's not completely unaware. So she whips around with this enormous sword that's larger than her own body. And with one limit break slash, she slashes both Claire and you, Max, for two harm each. Okay, that is one harm. I am actually going to use my black and blood burning bile (laughs) to avoid that harm and to inflict my weapons harm on her. Okay. Which will be one harm. And that does drop me out of the scene, by the way. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, All all right. Uh, That feels... Can't get more hurt. That's a a great great evade. (laughs) What does that look like as this sequence of events transpires? (laughs) She goes to attack me, and I think I say, I prefer my Max better, and then does a backhanded slap across the face with my nails. Okay. And then disappears. 
Do you full on disappear? Is this another disappearance? Yeah, I think we've kind of established that when I drop out, I like literally blink out. I think one of them you got carried off by drones, but other times, yeah. Yeah, usually <laughs> I just literally disappear. I think Maxity is like ready to swing the sword round on you again and you just, you poof, gone. <laughs> and it's in that second turn that she exposes herself to you, Max. You get to choose an extra effect. Ooh, okay. I would like to take something from them. So how does your disarmament look? I hit her with the butt of the sword. Mm. Okay. You knock the giant sword out of her hand. She skitters back and is on her feet almost immediately. And you can see a little bit of blood coming down from the side of her lip and then also where you hit her with the butt of your sword. Her eyes narrow on you, Max, and you start to feel bad time. You know the bad time? Like the pit in your stomach, temporal nausea. Oh, yeah, like when time is bad. That kicks up. Duncan and Max, both of you give me a roll plus chaos. A roll to survive chaos. <laughs> okay, so roll and then just plus our chaos? Yeah, this is a, a custom move for <laughs> oh, <shit>. Maxity. <laughs> it's a plus chaos move. Uh, that's a nine. I have, okay. while that was happening, have Sebastian, the equivalent of hitting the silent alarm on the station. <laughs> Does the station have a silent alarm? I don't know if it has a silent alarm, but he can maybe like flip on and do an emergency broadcast. Yeah, he definitely does. It's like, the station is under attack. Attention, those who care about WSOM and yours truly, Sebastian Strange. We know you are out there. <laughs> this station is under attack from another traveler. You, you don't know this one. Please help us. This one's nasty and has a big sword, but like even bigger than usual. Yeah. Uh, so I rolled a nine minus one. Both of you start to feel like slow and sluggish, not in your bodies, but in the impact of your movements on physical space, like you're in time tar. You're both going to suffer a minus one forward. Maxity looks around and leaps through the wall. Like breaking it or like a, a no, classic Max swoop? Yep. Shwoop. Okay. Uh, I am going to leap through the wall after her. Okay. Uh, I, uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I've marked an anomaly, so I shoop. I make upset eyes with Sebastian through the window. <laughs> you got to open the door and like go around. <laughs> yep, very slowly. <laughs> Max, you leap through the station to see that Maxity has emerged onto Main Street and is, again, lightning sprinting down the street in a direction that you are unclear of where she's headed. All right, I'm following her. Give me a roll to face fear. 11. I'm going to pull the second redux, so go ahead and roll that again for me. Mm. She's marking anomaly too, right, Quinn? She is constructed as a GM threat, so it works a little differently, but there's a limit to the number of times she can do this. Okay, good. Okay, it's an eight. On a seven to nine, I will give you a worse outcome, hard choice, or price to pay. I think you can keep pace with her, but keeping up with her temporally accelerated movement speed is going to cost you some of your own personal time reserve in the form of one essence. Okay, I'll do it. The two of you tear through town, jumping through buildings and structures, trees and fire hydrants, moving through the inexplicable non-Euclidean geometry of the Sweet Flip skate park until Maxity arrives at a entrance to the back alley and dives in. And Max, I assume you dive after her. Yes. Do I have a way to contact Jackie? Jackie isn't on Sploot. 
As a fan of your character, though, you have Can't Stop the Signal, which is I like I do a, have Can't Stop the Signal. That's probably what I'll have to do because I can't really be part of this scene anyways. Yeah, it has left non-time-traveling individuals <laughs> behind pretty I, squarely. Honestly, even if they didn't run through walls, I would have trouble keeping up. Yeah, you would need grippy at the minimum. I'd need something fast. Yeah, I think can't stop the signal is probably the best way to get something from anywhere to anywhere. Can't be jammed, blocked, or interrupted to send a signal fast to Jackie. Whatever that looks like. You tell me. I think Duncan runs back into his room and he pulls out a kind of a weird module covered in, in wires. And it's like a signal boost device that he's been working on for a while but never really tested. It's designed to send a brief message to anywhere and to anybody. Like it maybe hijacks some of the sploot airwaves. It's like a radio signal that blasts and you, somebody will hear it for sure. But it is pretty dangerous to the station. <laughs> Does it go out from the usual broadcast frequency? I think it goes out over the usual broadcast frequency. So it not only is just a broadcast, so everybody who's mm -hmm. listening is going to also hear this because I think this is also a warning just for everybody in somewhere. But specifically, it's blasting to Jackie. As you're broadcasting, you feel the reverberance, the resonance of the station coursing through your body. And as the signal goes out, you feel... I don't want to say echo because that has connotations with Elodie, but like almost like echolocation, you feel it pinging off of things around town, mm -hmm. three things specifically. And I think you can feel the signals bouncing off of other Duncans, ah. but your message is delivered. Jackie will get this warning. It's brief. It has to kind of be brief, which is new traveler, Maxidy, cyberpunk coming for a time reserve. Oh, good oh, call. Yes. Differentiate. And bus. <laughs> Okay. All, all caps. Very dangerous. <laughs> that is also my last essence. Oh. <laughs> oh, God. Am I the only one in this scene? Yes. I'm already not in the scene anyways, so that's why I'm blasting up the radio station. As you feel the reverb of the station course through you and pulse out through town, bouncing off of your own consciousness in other bodies, you feel your own disappear into the frequency and you slip into unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. Max. Hi. You land in a narrow, twisting tunnel that has been formed between two buildings that have bent in to do an awkward side hug because everything is still twisted up to avoid the moon in the sky. Mm -hmm. And in front of you, down the alleyway, you can see Maxity, who has grabbed a baseball bat with what appear to be Christmas lights on them, but you can see <laughs> uh -huh. they're pulsing in a somewhat disconcerting way. And she has turned to face you. Okay. You and me. This is the way it was supposed to be anyway. Was it? The others were a distraction. Max, you are me and I am you. And we are Elodie. And we are all of us. When all of this is over, we'll be one singular traveler in one singular timeline. And we will be free. Your resistance is counterproductive and pointless. You may be me, but I am not you. And I attack. Oh. Okay, give me a roll to fight for your life. Seven. On a seven to nine, the two of you trade harm. What does your attack look like? So she's got a baseball bat. I go to swing my sword up high and then at the last minute pivot and bring it down, like down low, too slow. I do a sweeping towards her legs. 
Yeah, you catch her for sure, but she brings the baseball bat down square over the top of your head. It hurts, but the lights also fill you with a blistering cold that runs through your body. You are going to take two harm, and your attack does two harm. Actually, I'm going to take zero harm. Ooh. For, for marking an essence. Okay, it's like, oh, for, sure. for what reason? <laughs> I choose I said to. So, that's why, Quinn. <laughs> because I'm Max. <laughs> Ooh, little spicy. All right, I attack again. Uh, okay, okay. Let's get some dialogue. Also, and guys, I'm absolutely out of options. I have four harm, so I can't take any more harm. So, um. Quinn, don't, uh, don't, attacking Quinn, again don't, might not Quinn, be the best. Shh, Quinn, don't listen to this. Quinn, okay. So you, you two, you two need to get back in the scene as soon as possible. They can't. Okay. We okay. can't. Can you avoid Hannah. Just remember, you're in your element now. Maxity maybe also knows how to manipulate, it, but you also know oh, people yeah, here. That's a good idea. And okay. the back alley. Okay, yeah. Quinn, I'm not going to attack. I'm going to embrace <laughs> chaos. I'm gonna I am gonna channel the back alley. I am going to reach out with both hands and channel the chaoses around me. In order to tap into the energies, the entropic power of the back alley, you need to enter it. You need to go down these alleyways. Are we not in the back alley? Where are we? You're in a stable point, but the power of the back alley is in its maze-like structure, its non-Euclidean geometry, its ability to twist and change at a moment's notice, especially under the auspice of the moon. So Okay, I got an idea. I raise my sword like I'm going to attack and I go running towards her and I'm assuming that she's raising the baseball bat, right? Yes. And right as she brings it down, I through the baseball bat because it's an inanimate object <laughs> past her down the alley. Give me a roll to save your skin. All right. Take a plus one because I think Maxity was expecting like a fight from you. <laughs> yeah. And also it's cool. He did a cool. It yeah. is cool. It is cool. That's a 12. Okay. Right. On a 10 plus, you're in the clear, though it may take a few moments before the danger is passed. So Maxity swings the Christmas light baseball bat at you, and you feel the icy embrace of winter itself uh, as, it, as it does so. But you phase right through it and take off down one of the alleyways. And after just a moment, you hear the footfalls of Maxity in pursuit. You feel the pathway around you beginning to shift, to twist, to tighten and narrow as buildings grow closer in and your sense of space and direction and gravity itself begin to go wobbly. I would like to embrace chaos. Yes. And I'm going to push myself. I mean, you're in a fight for your timeline yep. survival with your evil yeah. doppelganger, so. <laughs> and you're alone. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad I pushed myself because one of those was a one. Ooh. Ooh. That's a 13. Okay, hey. let's go. I am also <laughs> one anomaly away from, like. <laughs> the camera zooms in on Duncan's unconscious mouth and he gives a little smile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Choose your two options. I would like to heal one of my harms. Okay. Ooh. Quinn. Hannah. <laughs> Can I? Probably not, but it never hurts to ask. Briefly wield this power's effect to like put Maxity somewhere else. Hell yeah. Like maybe in another timeline. Probably not another timeline, but if you're wielding the back alley, you can put her out pretty much anywhere in town. Certainly far away from wherever she's trying to go. Can I put her into the screaming fog? 
You could put her on the beach very close to the Screaming Fog, but the back alley tries to stay as far away from the Screaming Fog as possible, like most things in town. Okay. Quinn, don't listen. Okay, uh, where to pull the other players? Where else do you think would be a good place to put her? In the back alley, drop you off at that gas station. Yeah, the one that we can't get into. Oh, put her in the gas station? Yeah, or near enough. I mean, we went there and we, I mean, I didn't go there. But I heard stories from you two that you went there and then you fell asleep. That's right. Okay. Good call. Yeah, that'll, That's right. Or maybe like right in the pool kraken's lap. Yeah, one of those two. <laughs> I don't want to do that to the pool kraken. Either. Well, also, don't forget, that's where Jackie is with the timers. Right? Oh, yeah, snap. Yeah, that no, is no, in the gas station? No, in the, the pool kraken. Okay, pool. nope. Well, not in the pool kraken, but with the pool kraken. With the pool kraken. Okay. Yeah, okay, I think. Not there. I that's that's not there. Okay. Okay. The other option is possibly putting her right under the dock ock, but with the red tape. Oh, they're put somewhere know, in City Hall. Guy. Yeah, like bury her under City Hall. In the bank. Maybe. Yeah. Or the library. The library was pretty ferocious. Where's Mina? Would Mina? Mina? Would Mina help us? No, we already pissed her off. I mean, I expect Mina knows what's happening by now. Yeah. I think, I think my question is do we think Mina is powerful enough? Hmm. Yeah. Wherever we put Maxity is probably more of a delaying tactic than it. Yeah. That's Maxity solved. If Mina doesn't know now, she's going to figure it out. She like. And sense thing. We did a big broadcast. Yeah. And I said time reserve, so I bet the city council is like, erm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Quinn? Yes. We're going to put her in the gas station. Who's we? Okay. <laughs> you. I. We said nothing. After take after polling the audience. We said, we said nothing. <laughs> Max is going to put Maxity in the convenience store that's at the gas station that we were not able to approach without falling asleep. Falling asleep is a gentle notion for the loss of consciousness you <laughs> experienced when trying I fell to again. I wasn't there, so I took a little nap. Okay. You hear her footballs behind you and tapping into the almost biological urge of the back alley to protect itself, to keep itself safe. You, like clay, shape the tunnels and passageways, the winding narrow alleys of the back alley to turn her out at the exit, which is right next to the gas station, which you had previously accessed. And Maxity is ejected from the back alley, far, far away from you. Hey folks, Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in to episode 39 of Monster Hour Absurdia as we kick off 2024. It's a new year and a new you. And even though you've been replaced by a newer model, we're glad that your listening preferences have not been updated. Speaking of New Year's, now is the perfect time to tell slash remind your friends, family, neighbors, acquaintances, and doppelgangers about this lovely little show that you've been listening to called Monster Hour. Everyone's excited to try new things and be the best version of themselves. And as we all know, listening to podcasts is an extremely fun, cool, and attractive hobby. So help them reach their true potential. Spread the word today. A special shout out this week to the newest members of WSOM's Eternal Pledge Drive, Fern Perez and Vesushian. A huge thank you to all of our patrons for helping to make the show possible and bring you awesome bonus content. Last month, we posted a playtest of some new Absurdia playbooks that I've been working on. And coming up, we have our ARC 5 goodies, as well as another NPC Origins episode for Season 2. If you want to check those out and support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash monsterhour or follow the link in the show notes. That's all we have for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in January 23rd for the next broadcast of WSOM, Radio Somewhere.
Duncan and Claire, we return to you. <laughs> Duncan, for a period of time, you exist as a radio frequency bouncing between antenna and signals. What is it like when you eventually return to your body? Let's see. I think he can't speak for a little while. You come to with Sebastian leaning over you. He's got a big fan, like a comically large fan. He's fanning you. Duncan. Duncan? Uh, are you with us? I'm out. Check, 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 <laughs> check. This is a test of the emergency Duncan system. <laughs> Duncan, it is an emergency. Please wake up. Eyes bolt open and I, I sit up gasping, but my mouth moves and nothing comes out. I think from the speakers around the station, you hear whispering in a language that you don't understand. Mm, they probably heard quite a lot of that too, huh? Yeah. Oh, that went everywhere. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you recognize it as your own voice coming through the speakers. Uh, I, I try to yell at, at Sebastian. Do the, do the, the, whispers the whispers get louder. Whoa. Okay, stop. I stop. I stop. I tap my throat and I point to the speakers. Sebastian looks around. Are you saying it's been you the whole time? I give my hand kind of the little so-so wiggle mm. and maybe a little like measuring an inch. Different use. Nod, nod, nod. Duncan Oliver on all frequencies. Give a shrug. The stone's still humming and all that. Oh, yeah, definitely. If anything, it's picked up. And you know what? Actually, as you're coming to, you see another Duncan tumble out of the ah! WSL stone. <laughs> Good grief. Okay, go on. Duncan's, yes. He's wearing a copyright non-specific goofy costume. Mm -hmm. And as he rolls out, he says, <laughs> Howdy. And he does a little tap dance and then walks out the door. Sebastian and I just look at the door. We look at each other. What the <laughs> fuck? Duncan, you fractured. Yes. What have you chosen as your fracture and what basic move are you assigning it to? I've assigned it to fight for your life. Okay. The term that I've looked up and chosen, let's see if I can pronounce it correctly because it's a big one. It's a Ooh, big word. Okay. Get excited, everybody. We love big words. It's athasagoraphobia. Okay. <laughs> it is the intense or irrational fear of being forgotten or of forgetting someone. Mm, cool. That's my very specific fear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Claire. So When you've disappeared before, where have you gone? Well, so here's an interesting conundrum. When I've disappeared before, I've gone into some sort of void where Rudy talks to me. I actually think this time it looks a little different. I think I awake in if like the void wanted to have a cozy log cabin. Mm. So there's no walls. There's just blackness that feels like there are walls around you. And then there is a wood burning stove that like if you watch the pipe, it goes up into blackness and you don't really know where it's going how that happens. The aesthetic here is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And somehow in the blackness, there is like a window ledge, even though there's no window. And there is just like a little trace of snow on it that you're just like, shouldn't this be on the outside? I don't understand, but it's an aesthetic. There are two chairs on either side of the fireplace. And in one of them is a presence that you can't perceive by any mundane, ordinary means, but you are completely convinced is there. Yes. 
I sit in the other chair. <laughs> wow, that went badly. You're doing a really bad job of keeping yourself alive. Well, oddly enough, it's not my number one priority right now. It should be. Being alive is good. Being alive is fine, but I aspire for more. Don't we all? Yes. For instance, my friends being alive, the world still being there. And if there's any space left on my little wish list, you know, my empire intact. Sure, yeah. Those are all great things. We can aspire to those. There's lots of room for little treats in the past. Everyone can have a little treat. Well, you know, not everyone, but the important people. And you're important to me, Claire. Thank you. I dare say for most of my life, you have been important to me. Good, good. Well, try to stay alive then. It's almost time. And you wake up. Can I say that I have just like a little bit of the snow just like under my fingertips for whatever strange reason? Like it's already melting, but it's there. You do. You also have some pine needles scattered across your clothes. Yep. Yep. It happens. Yep. Blinking is a bitch. (laughs) What is your fracture? (laughs) I would like my fracture to be (laughs) (laughs) self-reflection. Oh my God. That is such a fracture for Claire. Only Claire could make that a fracture. (laughs) Something that Claire has never really done. It's a very (laughs) recent capability and I'm attaching it to save your skin. Okay. Incredible. You awaken next to Sebastian leaning over Duncan and some strange whispers coming through the speakers that play the station in the room. I slap Duncan across the face. Duncan, get a hold of yourself. Ow! What the fuck? <laughs> As Duncan speaks, the whispers slowly fade away. Well, see, that seemed to work. You're welcome. Okay, we need to go find Max. This has been an extraordinarily strange day. Really? This seems about on average. Duncan, it continues to be strange because you are acutely aware of the presence of every other Duncan in town right now. Oh, that seems exhausting. You know exactly where they are and have a kind of like vague sense of how they're feeling. Mm. Like you feel Duncan's mellow vibes. You feel Duncan's anxiety about the reports that he has to file. You feel (laughs) Deacon's confused vengeance Uh after your last conversation. And you feel an overwhelming goofiness. Which you can only assume has come from Hyunkin. Hyunkin? Hyuk Hyuk indeed. You feel them in their various points in town. And they're spread all out. Duncan and Deacon are both in the back alley. Okay. Duncan is, I believe, with you. <laughs> That's right. It, he was. Is that not where we <laughs> left Duncan? <laughs> he did go to the station also. I mean, to be uh, clear, during so I, the fight I, with Maxity, Duncan hid. He hid. Yeah, I slowly <laughs> turn around. And look right at Duncan, who's just like sitting in the chair, like the one green room chair. As the two of you look at one another, you feel like a resonance, a reverb passing between the two of you. And we slowly both raise one hand like a mirror and wave it back and forth. Perfect synchronicity. Raise another hand, touch our nose. Ay, ay, ay. You're honestly kind of giving me Goofy in the Goofy movie vibes when his son goes off to college. (laughs) Yeah, that's Yunkin for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's Yunkin. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yes. You see Duncan and Duncan moving in perfect synchronicity. (sighs) This is my life now. Duncan and Duncan impersonators. (laughs) 
we both turn at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Hyunkin opens the door. <laughs> oh, God. Hyunk. Hey, Claire. Uh, Claire fights the urge to turn on the don't alongs. <laughs> the the unholiest thing we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find Max, and she's only making eye contact with Duncan. Yeah. I mean, last I saw, they blinked through the wall. Sebastian, Duncan, did anybody catch the... I mean, I presume they probably went back alley, right? That's kind of where Max's go. That's a safe assumption. If I were a Max, and let's be clear, I'm not a Max. Hmm. <laughs> but if I were a Max, I would go to the back alley. What's the state of the station at the moment, Quinn? Relatively fine. You know, a few things probably got knocked over, but the fighting was brief, contained, and curtailed by Maxity quantum leaping through the wall. So gotcha. the station's pretty good, honestly. I think Claire, like, literally gasps and goes, <gasps> And then grabs both Duncan, Duncan <laughs> Variables' hands, Yunkins, whatever. So like Duncan, she's, Duncan, and Yunkin. Yeah, okay. She's yeah. grabbed two <laughs> forearms, whichever okay. ones are nearby, and goes, stop. We freeze, all three of us. It's jarring, okay. It occurs to me that I myself might be, you know, you, you have your multiple, Applying gremlins thing going on and Max has evil time traveler thing. My thing I'm realizing is the way that I ruined this all for us is that I'm pretty sure Rudy is going to tap in eventually in some way. And I think that Duncan at all, we need to have like a every like 10 minute check in. You, you look at me and you nod. And if I don't say purple back to you, I'm not me anymore. That's and you need to take idea. me out. Oh, God. Not that I want to know how, but how would one go about doing that? Hyunkin pulls out a comically oversized and harlequin colored mallet. <laughs> Grief. Does okay. it squeak? Does it squeak? Sure does. Well, well, that's one idea. Good job, Hankin. <laughs> I'm helping. Oh, my God. <sighs> Claire literally rubs her temples and says, you can do it now. You can do it now. Claire, Claire, Claire. Purple? Yeah. Yes, purple, purple, okay. purple. <sighs> I'll look and I'll be ready. Okay, yes. Uh, look, preferably don't kill me. Just knock I me out. don't want And tie to. me up. In some way, mm -hmm. but if you have to do what you have to do, do it. I've lived plenty. And I hope to see you live plenty more. And she turns to Duncan and goes, and I hope to see you live plenty more. All three of us nod in sync. <sighs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Back alley. Duncan and Duncan both bump shoulders trying to get through the door at the same time. Oh, hold on. <laughs> oh, seems we can't fit. No, stay, stay, stay here first. I'll go through first and then wait. Claire, come on. Come, Claire, come on. I squeeze through. Okay, you two can follow if you want, I guess. I sell uh, fancy bejeweled child leashes. Should we? <laughs> Would it be helpful? Yunkin looks to Sebastian like, <laughs> well, see, this is uh, some kind of radio station. <laughs> I could help out here. And he starts going for the wires. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sebastian's like, uh, oh, uh, please don't play with that. No, 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 no. Hey, Dunk, Dunk Yunkin, 
Donk Yonken. <laughs> Stop. No, listen to me. This is how I talk to my toddler. <laughs> <laughs> I, gra- I grab Yonken by the back of his big By the mascot. back of his scruff like by a dog? By the back of his like, big, <laughs> c- big mascot costume collar and just kind of pull him out of the radio station. Like, don't touch anything, okay? <laughs> oh, Duncan, you're no fun. <laughs> this is so good. I'm so glad we did this. <laughs> hey, can we get ice cream? I think Claire, while this is happening, Claire has pulled out some of her cute concert bracelets that she sells. And by concert bracelets, it's that each bracelet has a different, you can essentially imbue it with an entire album that you want to listen to. And then you're like having your own silent disco, but it's a bracelet. So you can like mix genres together if you do multiple bracelets, but you have to put the music on. So when you get them, they're blank. She has put one on each wrist of each Duncan Hyunkin variant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they're each different colors, so she can keep track now of who is who. <laughs> you know who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. color coding the Duncans? Yes. Something needs to be it's done. like audio coding the <laughs> I mean, You could just give one to Duncan and then one different color to the other Duncans. I want to know which Duncan is which keep Duncan. keep track of them all. Would yeah. a name tag system be better, perhaps? I know where they are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't think Claire wants to be bothered with having to learn how to spell each Duncan's variation of their name. So the color coding. Your green Duncan, your blue Duncan. Yeah. Can I go to Duncan? Listen, I know you were there. You just saw what was happening and you maybe have an idea more than any other of me, except me, about how dire and what the stakes that, that are at play right now. So I need to give you a very special mission. Okay. Okay. I need you to watch after this Duncan dog. Okay, can you do that for me? Yeah. Should I like hold on to him or? You, listen, the town's very similar to your town, I'm sure. Take him on a tour, show him around. He will ask for ice cream, maybe that'll be the first stop. And I know where you are, so I will find you when I need you again. Sound good, bud? High five? Yeah, okay, yeah, I've, hands in. Hey, everybody, hands in. (laughs) Okay. Sebastian, come on, hands in, everybody. Uh, All right. I will put my hand in. Claire, hands, come on. We're a team here. Put your hands in. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, and I want to hear go team on three. One, two, three, go Go team. team. (laughs) (laughs) And Donkin and Hyunkin head out to go for a walk. (laughs) Yeah, great. They're gone. (laughs) Green Duncan and purple Duncan go out on a walk. What do the two of you do? Left to your own devices. We need to find a way down to the back alley. Or either need to go find Max or we need to check in on Jackie. We know Jackie's at Oh, yeah. We we probably should check in on Jackie to make sure Jackie doesn't need reinforcements because it's game over if the time reserve is taken. And then, I don't know, get some sort of reinforcements to help Max in the fight. Do you want to maybe like Sploot DM C-Mac or something? Yeah. Somebody who's kind of in that group to just check on them because we'll know where they are, but we maybe don't want to draw attention to where they are because they're hiding not only from Maxity, but also from the council who is oh, real quick. Enough. Check this guy. Yeah. Looking right at us. <laughs> fair enough. Okay. Um, all right, yeah, let's do that. So maybe we want to see if we can send a message to ask for an update and then go digging through the Yeah, back I think alley. 
Claire sends C-Mac a private sploot that's like, hey, bud, just checking in. How are things? How's Jackie at all? This is like the text that you send the babysitter just to make sure that the, you yeah. know, the kid has stayed <laughs> down and everything's fine at home. Yeah, Movie's going much. great. We're at intermission for the play. Just wanted to check in. <laughs> You get a message back, which is just a picture, no text or capture or anything, and it's a poolside cabana <laughs> filled with toy soldiers drinking tiny tiki drinks, Jackie in like a beach chair, C-Mac playing volleyball, and overhead, the tendrils of the pool kraken are all like looming overhead, but not doing anything as this crew parties down. Where's Grippy? <laughs> Grippy is limboing. Okay. All right. <laughs> he's Good. folded entirely back over. Good. Yep. He's limboing. <laughs> a wide open steeple. He wins at limbo. There's really it's impossible. He does. To yeah. Beat him. yeah. There's no competition. He's just doing it for fun. Nice. Yeah. yeah I, I, you know, it's it's. He smoked good. them all already. You got you got to stretch. You got to. You he's know. going for personal best now. Well, it seems that they're all doing great. To be oh, honest, good. I'd rather be there, but I guess we should go find Max and the absurdly rude one that wants to end existence. Ah, the bad Max. Yes. Yes. Nearest back alley entrance. Let's see. Normal brewings not around anymore. Strike that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one at the Sweet Flips skate park. Yep. I kind of have a feeling that I know about this one, even though I don't think I participated in. Wait, I have a strange memory. There's a tree at the. Oh, yes. Kick. Oh, I know exactly what you know about here. this. Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'll and follow you. We head over there. The two of you step out of WSOM and begin making your way towards the Sweet Flip Skate Park, an entrance to the back alley, Duncan, you are strangely familiar with. Claire, as you step outside and start heading down Main Street, you see up ahead the asphalt is split. There's a fissure running through it. And growing up from the chasm is a pine tree. Uh oh. Ah, shit. <laughs> trees, 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 trees